0: Diamond Answer Man Show, episode 23. Wow, I saved a lot on that diamond. My appraisal says so. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jay Christopher Gritz. I am the Diamond Answer Man. This show, the Diamond Answer Man Show, is dedicated to helping us all, you and me and everyone else included, feel confident about our purchases as we learn more about the world of diamonds. Those diamonds which we use to memorialize. That's right, I bought engagement rings and anniversary gifts myself. That We use those to memorialize, to symbolize those special moments. You know, we're still in May and we're going to be coming through into June. And that's the big wedding month all summer long. You may reach me with questions at my website, which is DiamondAnswerMan.com. You may also reach me at Twitter, which is D A M J C G U R I T Z, and on LinkedIn at uh, Jay Christopher Gritz on LinkedIn. Well, uh, this show is a show dedicated to those individuals who've purchased diamonds or are looking to purchase diamonds, engagement rings, and otherwise. And uh, I've been participating in quite a few different things on the internet forums and groups and Twitter uh, debates, uh, just as of recently and even this week. And uh, this, I guess, uh, about the over the last week, talking about, you know, the different values. And there was an article that came out on Business Week, you know, talking about the lawsuit between Tiffany and Costco and whether or not Tiffany is able to sell, or excuse me, I didn't mean that, Costco is selling Tiffany solitaires. Well, and in reality, I think that uh, we could say, no, they're not selling Tiffany solitaires. So we have to be cautious about Using the terms we use, they're still they're sell the. <laughs> so I stutter that out. They are selling solitaires. So the question would be for an attorney: Can you say Tiffany Style Solitaire? I don't know if you could or not. That's not what we're talking about today, but we are going to talk about values and, of course, the perception from a lot of the readers of this article was about the values that Costco gives as compared to the value that uh, Tiffany gives. And um, you know, we're not going to talk about the debate between. What one blue box may give one person or lack thereof uh, may give another person. I talked about that in earlier shows and I, you know, talk about how to get the best price, which in reality, that show talks about, you know, how to prioritize beauty, purity, size to get your best value, you know. So, uh, but one of the things that has come up over the last couple of weeks is this debate about price in relation to. Reports and that's the grading report that you get on your jewelry at some locations. You don't always, when you buy a ring, you don't always get even a fully detailed receipt. You know, we, I, I positively encourage everyone on um, that's listening to this show and even on the net and other places. I positively encourage everyone to make sure they get a fully detailed receipt. When they make their purchase, you know, this is a purchase that's going to be given to someone as a gift and you never, ever want to think back or go back and and have that feeling of remorse. Should I have done this? You know, you never want to have that secondary guess. Buyer's remorse, by the way, is that's what they call that in those sales uh, philosophical debates. You don't want your customer to have buyer's remorse. Well, You don't want to cause your own buyer's remorse if you're the if you're the purchaser, so you don't ever want to think twice about what it is you've purchased. You just want to know that you made a good, confident decision, and that's what the goal of our show is: is to help inform each other and and uh, help us all to make better decisions when we buy. You know, I'm not really in the business of selling retail diamonds. Anymore at this time, I should say, um, but I am here to help you. I'm not here to sell you anything, and uh, you can send me in questions and emails, and I will happily help you. And I've got an email this week that we'll be talking about, and um, and this show. So you know, talking more about this Costco article issue and the reports. You know, one of the biggest things that has come up over this time has been the fact that. Not all reports are equal, and I talk about this about every other show or so, maybe not that often, but I feel like I do, and uh, one of the things that I want to make sure that I underscore and underline and make sure that if I beat it into you, right, and we're already talking about beauty, purity, and size being beat into you, you know, to prioritize those, but if I'm going to beat anything else into you it's just for the realization that, your reports, when you get a report from a jeweler, they'll call them certificates, but in most cases, they're diamond reports. That's the laboratory's opinion on what the uh, diamond is. When you get your reports, not all reports are created equal. Each laboratory has a different set of standards, and I should say more like uh, standards by tool type, standards by Tool use standards in philosophies for assigning a grade, and then there's the fact that some labs don't have any philosophy or any standards. And uh, you know that generally would be outside of this country, but there are labs here in the United States which would be considered paper mills. That's 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 a negative term, by the way. That's where when you buy a diamond as a consumer and a jeweler. Represents it to you. And this would be one of those jewelers we're talking about that has that low score of personality, enthusiasm and integrity. So I'm smiling when I say that I want to make sure that you're buying from somebody who has personality, enthusiasm and integrity. So I'm not talking about the the person that's not listening to this show. If you're listening to this show, you're already thinking ahead. If you're not listening to this show and you have a friend who's not listening to this show – boy, that was a a circular argument there. If you're listening to this show and you have a friend that's not listening to this show and they're just doing crazy stuff, send them this direction. Have them listen or or better yet, have them download the affidavit of diamond buying uh, uh, agreement that I have on the website. Some people get so blind about so many things that they tend to ignore a lot of the key signs when it comes to buying from someone. There are, my point being, different labs that will put almost anything you want grade-wise on a report. And that means that if I go into Joe's Jewelers, and I'm using these names, I've used them genericized before, so there is no Joe's Jewelers. But if I go into Joe's Jewelers and I ask Joe for a GVS-1, and Joe gives me a quote and I like Joe and I go down the street and I hear that Jane has super great deals on diamonds. And Jane is just selling diamonds like mad because I've heard Jane's radio advertisement because Jane's got the biggest inventory in the entire United States. And uh, and and Jane's told me this over my radio station 10,000 times. So I'm going into Jane. And uh, Jane, Jane's jewelry salesperson brings out their diamonds, and they have a report, and and the report color and clarity um, matches Joe's reports color and clarity, but Jane's price is is half the price of Joe. The problem being is that Joe's report and Jane's report are from two different laboratories. So if I'm not paying attention to these things or question. As a matter of fact, if I don't question these things, that's where I, being price blind, I'm I'm not listening to this show. Uh, I'm the customer who's not paying attention, and all I'm looking for is my price. I'm going to make the mistake of buying this diamond from Jane because it's cheaper than Joe's diamond. But Joe's diamond may actually be the better diamond, but I'm buying based upon the report. And the report is is a set of numbers, which is an opinion from the grader. Now, I'm going to go back to the earlier statement just a couple of minutes ago where I said some labs have different standards, different philosophies, or lack thereof. They also use different tools and have different standards for using those tools. Not all labs are the same. So when we talk about that, there are – Issues that can occur from laboratory to laboratory with good standards and good philosophies just because the tool sets that they use, maybe even for color grading as compared to master stones. Maybe they use colorimeters, which is a scientific tool that sends light into a diamond and it judges the hue tone saturation as it comes out and the computer analyzes it and gives it a color grade. Now, we think that that's just great, but I'll tell you one thing. A colorimeter is nowhere near the power of the human eye with its 60 trillion uh, receptors. And a computer may have megapixels um, and, and and a high, high amount of megapixels, but it cannot see. There's no lens that has the power of the human eye. That doesn't mean that we can't tune the colorimeter to be extremely close. I don't mean to get off on a rant there, but tools are only as good as the person that's using them. And tools – cannot replace a greater in this process. Although there are jewelers out there that are very ethical and very strong. There's even people who talk about it in the trade and the trade press who want a, a a gemologist in a box sort of situation where you can put a diamond in something. and And maybe we will get there where you can put it in the box – and undeniably, it comes up with this grade of color, clarity, weight, and cut grade, and maybe even performance. And, you know, so someday we might get there, but in, until that time comes, we have to deal with the issues of ethics. And the issues with ethics are just this. I'm not talking about philosophical – I'm not talking about standards where people are comparable. I'm not talking about, you know, tools which are comparable. It's just the application and the subtle differences between two graders. I'm talking about the situation where when you go from one jeweler to another jeweler and the other jeweler uses an off, I hate to use the word brand, but an, a, 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 and an lower recognized isn't even the right word for it either. I would say a report that is, um, unethical yeah I I will go as far today today is uh, we're in 2013 I would say that there are reports out there that are unethical I'm not talking about a color grade down or a color grade up I'm talking about plain purposeful reports produced by laboratories for the for the plain I, I should say for the benefit of Uh, for the financial benefit of the laboratory and for the financial benefit of the jeweler. And so that's an issue that we need to put an end to. And the only real way that we can put an end to this is education and the education that starts with you. It's not the laboratory. It's not the jeweler. It's not the government, you know, government involvement in standardization of grades You know, what what exactly is the hue, tone, and color saturation for a G color diamond or an F color or an M color or an O color? You know, that would be nice, but do we want more intervention or is it something that that we can control on our own? And I'm saying we as consumers – need to be extremely knowledgeable about our purchases, and I think when we become extremely knowledgeable about our purchases, it allows us to have more fun with our purchases and feel more confident about our decisions on whether or not we made the right choice when we bought the item. So when you're out there, and and again, this is coming back to the article, when you're out there and, and you go from store to store to store, and the store has three reports with the diamond, what I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what that was for is for the fact that they are so tired of dealing with the store that has the, uh, sort of gummy bear report. That's just rubbery bounce it off the floor means nothing. So they're really trying to strongly suggest to you that they have the right information. The problem would be is what information is right at that, at that time. You know, so what do you do when you have a diamond that uh, has this sort of uh, mishmash fake grade uh, on the report? Um, you know, the, the first thing I would probably do is, is get it appraised. And, uh, and uh, if I had to, I'd probably have the stone removed. You know, that's going to depend upon the type of mounting it is. And uh, I get it regraded. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. In most of my experiences in these situations, most people have never been taken advantage of. you know I talked about in the earlier show last week where they go off to these discount wholesale to the public situations and they supply them with with uh stones with or without or or very minimalistic information and um you know, most of the people when they get in those situations, they're so price blind is the word I used for it that nothing is is more important than them than than to them than getting the color and grade that they want to see on the paper or the report. It doesn't mean that the stone has anything to do with it. It just means that that's what the report says that it is. And uh, and uh, you know, when they get these kinds of stones in these situations i 've never seen anybody actually lose money. What I have actually seen is that they lose the uh, opinion of what the color and clarity grade would be um, but they they've they 've not lost any money so if you go in and you buy um, an f v s one and you spend a thousand dollars for it or ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars it doesn't doesn 't really matter. And you come to your jewelry store or your trusted appraiser, who's an independent appraiser, and the appraiser says, well, it's not really an FVS-1. It's really a JSI-1. However, what you paid for it is worth $1,000. So from a legal perspective, you haven't lost anything. But in your mind, you did because you thought you saved a thousand dollars. So, you know, so from your 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 mental process there, you've now um, created a situation where you have remorse in the situation, and so I want to make sure that you don't do these things. If you're going to buy a report, buy a report. See, that's the bad statement. If you're going to buy a diamond, and it's coming with a report, you know, one of the big. The big name reports, an AGS, a GIA, even in in the cases of EGL USA, you know, um, I'm very strong AGS and I'm very strong GIA, and that doesn't mean these laboratories are perfect by any stretch, and that they've never had any problems at all. Um, but in the United States, those would be the three major laboratories. Around the world, there are other laboratories, such as HRD. And, uh, you know, there, that's not the only one, but there are others. Uh, Gublin is another laboratory that does some fantastic grading and some very fantastic um, uh, studies and in, in theoretical analyses and scientific uh, discoveries that go into uh, diamonds and colored stones. But that's, uh, that would be on the other side of the, the world from my perspective and so, um what I would be concerned about if I were you would be paper mills. those would be names uh, uh, where they'll come on these reports which sound similar to you know one of the big name laboratories and they'll they'll use those same letter designations and really make it confusing, look real official and uh, and uh, and the jewelers will use those now. those are the jewelers I'm suggesting you don't buy from, of course. However, that does happen. So here's, here's what I want you to do. When you get in a case where you've got or you're, you're buying in a situation like that and and you're going to ignore my advice, which is don't buy from anybody who has ethics issues. And ethics issues would include stores that sell with one of these kinds of reports. If you're going to go and buy from one of those stores or your friend is going to go and buy from one of those stores, what you're going to want to make sure they do is download the free uh, uh, agreement that I have prepared and that's the affidavit of diamond buying agreement, you know, so that's got the statement of the color and the clarity and the carat weight and the cut. It's got the statement about the mining and being ethical and, and all those kinds of things. It's also going to have a little stipulation in there that if you take this diamond and send it off to a laboratory of your choice, right. And I would suggest it being GIA or AGS and, uh, you take the diamond out and you send it out to one of these laboratories and then if it doesn't come back at, at the grade that they stated it being, that uh, that they will either refund your money or that they will provide you with a diamond at that price, right, To uh, uh, with the, the report of your choice, right? So there's that, there's that, uh, there's that situation. And then they will also refund uh, different costs that get involved. So it's a very strong agreement. And I only think you would be able to, or would, should, what was the right word, that you would need to use it. When you're dealing in those sort of situations where I, I again, would say you don't want to buy. So if you're buying from somebody who has issues with personality, enthusiasm, and integrity, and that big thing is integrity, um, if you're dealing in that situation but you're so ignoring everything else because the price sounds so good, then at least do that and protect yourself with some some small uh, uh, agreement between you and the seller that they will fix the situation if it's not exactly what it is. So here's where we're going to go one step further. So I'm I'm encouraging you to pre- protect yourself. I'm encouraging you to make sure you buy from a great jeweler who has a great reputation, who has a great return policy. I'm encouraging you to buy from a store that has um that uses uh, uh, high-quality uh, reports. And what I mean by that is is quality is maybe not the right word for it, but laboratory reports that have what we would say traditionally been used or traditionally have, have, uh, have the opinion of the trade and otherwise, that they would be a good standard of report to use. And in this country, it's GIA and AGS. And again, there are other labs out there that are really good. If you ever have any question about a lab, you may call me and I'll give you my opinion. And my opinion is just plain that. It is an opinion. Um, I, I will tell you what I think or feel about a report. If you're going to be buying a diamond and you want my opinion on it, of course, I can give an opinion even on a scan or a copy of a report. However, scanned copies or even reports themselves, if you want to hear me rant on about that, are not an indicator or I should say reports period are not an indicator of that first most important category which I encourage you to always buy from, which is beauty then purity then size. I can't tell how beautiful a diamond is just from a a document that just has numbers on it because two diamonds with perfect proportions or perfect you know ideal parameters can look can look very different. So, you know, that being said, you can send me whatever I want, and I'll happily take a look at that for you. So here's why I'm going to go one step further. You know, so we're talking about laboratory reports, and then we're going to talk about the issue of appraisals. Now, what ends up happening in some of these situations, even in good stores, and I should say it's not always, I should say, well, that's not true. It is, right, the fault of the jeweler. However, it's also our fault as consumers because we push jewelers in this situation. However, a good jeweler should stand their ground. A really good jeweler should. When we buy an item from a jewelry store, such as an engagement ring – and even if it's a branded engagement ring, when we buy that engagement ring, it, you know you you want it to come with some information that you could submit to your insurance company so you can insure it and have it firmly protected. Okay, that that that's good. However, what ends up happening in some cases is if you go into the jewelry store and uh, they you you spend seventy five hundred dollars on a wedding set. And you get your appraisal and you get your report and they're, and everything's all perfect and you got your image um, of what it is and, and they wrap it all up in a nice beautiful bag and it's sized and it's ready to go. When you look at the appraisal, you uh, you notice that the appraisal on the item states not $7,500, it states $8,500 and it's it's inflated or here's the other way it can happen. You see the ring in the case at $7,500, and here's what I would do. I would pay cash for it, and I'd make sure I'm buying from a great store that's going to be able to give me a good warranty on it. But I'm going to pay cash for it, and I'm going to get a better price. So even if it's a branded item or a watch or whatever it may be, I'm going to make sure I pay cash for it. And when I pay cash for it, I'm always going to ask for the better price. And so here's what's going to happen. I pay cash for this ring, And I'm always going to pay cash for this ring. So in theory, or at least for the next year, the jeweler should be able to sell me that ring at that price. Are they going to change the price if I come back in two weeks from now? Um, Well, they could, but what would the likelihood of that being? If I spent $6,700 on it, and I'm not saying the discount, that's what it would be. I'm just throwing out a number. So if I spent $6,700 or $6,800 on it, and I walk out the door spending, on my receipt, it says $6,800. My valuation, see, that's a different term, not, not, not an appraisal. My valuation from the jeweler should be, for my insurance company, $6,800. As long as I'm pretty sure, and the jeweler's pretty sure, that if I come back with cash, that I could buy it for $6,800 if my insurance company were going to cut me cash. Or... If my insurance company were going to pay them directly, we would be able to pick up that ring for $6,800. Otherwise, you're paying too high of a premium. And if they appraise it for what's in the case, the case is not the price. The price is what we pay for something. The price is what we swipe our credit card for. The price is what we wrote a check for. The price is how many $100 bills I pull out of my pocket. That sets the tone for the appraisal's value. Or the valuation, if if it's coming directly from the retailer. And that will be used for our insurance company. If we use any other number other than that, we pay too high of a premium. And the insurance company pockets the premium. And in many cases, the insurance company forces you to go through their direct contact to get the replacement. Or they go direct to your jeweler or whatever source they may have. Companies like State Farm have their own replacement centers. Companies like Chubb have different policies that they have, but a lot of times you can pay a higher premium and get a cash out policy in that case, you of course want to make sure that your valuation is exactly what you paid for it and uh, you, you know so well, you 're not paying the high premium so the issue is is not these small variations that i 'm talking about, but what happens when you buy a ring for for seventy five hundred dollars and the appraisal comes back. They give you a document that's signed, it's printed, it's got an image, and it says it's 12500 That's a big difference. And then you end up paying that difference to the insurance company. So what I want to make sure that you do is you don't ever use that valuation or that appraisal when you submit that to your insurance company. First of all, it's somewhat – yeah, got to be careful because I am not an attorney. I don't ever want to give the opinion that I'm an attorney. Uh, But from issues where I've dealt in situations like this, at least in communication with some insurance companies, you could lose your uh, um, uh, ability to have that item replaced if the insurance company finds out that you falsified any information. The likelihood of that happening is almost zero. But it could happen. What is most likely going to happen is that you, you feel you, know, you got a great deal because you know, the appraisal says it's 12500 yet the real price you paid for it was $6,800. Um, so the real price is 6800 But this $12,500 difference is, is, is what you use to submit to your insurance company. They're going to let you pay a premium on $12,500. Now, here's the cool thing the insurance companies have done. They've lowered the rates of the premiums because they know this is going on. So they lower the rates of the premiums because this is going on and you get to pay that premium at that higher rate. So here's where you get to game the system and get your full amount of protection. Don't let the insurance company play the game with us as a whole because of the people inflating valuations. Insure it at the price you paid for it through the correct appraisal process, right? So have it appraised by an independent appraiser or if you're not going to do that, you're going to get the valuation from the jeweler. Make sure the jeweler values it at what they could likely replace it at for the next year. And then use that as the value, right? You're not dictating what the value would be. You'd still have the jeweler replace it at the value that they would want to replace it at for the valuation. Um, but in in, in, a, in a realistic sense, it's not going to be 12500 It's not going to be 7500 It most likely would be $6,800, what you paid for it. You want to have this communication with them. So once they produce this document, you go back to your insurance company. You have your right color. You have your right clarity. You have your cut. Of course, if there's any other issues on the report that need to be detailed, such as the cut grade or any of those kinds of things, make sure all that's detailed. And then you're going to pay a premium on $6,800, which is half what your neighbor's paying because they're paying the appraisal for the $12,000 uh, uh, premium on this. So you're going to pay $6,800 on it. You're going to get the same insurance that they're getting, and you're going to get to go back to the same replacement center, or same jeweler. So you're going to have the same value of, of what you put into it. You're going to get a greater value out of your insurance premium. And your next-door neighbor who did the $12,500 situation is going to uh, uh, lose money each and every year because of this inflated appraisal situation. So don't ever pay the premium that's super high to your insurance company uh, because they know this is going on and they know it and they game it in their favor so therefore you're always buying more than what you need to buy and then they're forcing your replacements to go through their replacement centers. So make sure you never use an inflated appraisal during the insurance process. Now if you want to use an inflated appraisal, And go with a company like Chubb, which has a cash-out value, they'll cash you out for that whole value of $12,500. But trust me, (laughs) you're going to pay through the nose for that insurance, and you're going to lose that difference over the several years you've had it if you have a loss. And uh, Chubb is going to make sure they make their money. Um, And this is no slide on Chubb. Chubb is a great insurance company. I've heard nothing but grand things about them. So that's not me trying to sell you their direction. I'm just just speaking out of customer's experience. State Farm is another good company, but they have their own replacement centers. Very low valuations, but they're also aware that the appraisals that they get a lot of times are inflated appraisals. And then then you're frustrated because you're not going to get the $12,500 valuation out there. So make sure that when you're doing it, you use a good report, you get a Good report from your jeweler. Make sure that you get a correct valuation, a correct market value. um, uh, If you're for for an appraisal, that your appraiser does their due diligence in finding out for the correct mode and method for your market to make sure that that if you had to get into that same situation, what type of market you'd be buying from. And if you're buying from the jeweler, make sure they do a valuation which is correct at what they would sell it for um, in their store for the next year. So make sure that they have the correct values on these and then don't overpay to your insurance company and get taken advantage of because the likelihood of your loss is very low. I mean, considering all the jewelry here in the United States and everyone who owns engagement rings, I, I can only think in the last... You know, like I said before, I've been doing this a long time since I was 15, selling engagement rings since I was 18. I'm going to be 45 this year. I can only think of maybe five or six times I've worked with someone in this entire time that has had theft or loss in these situations. So it very rarely happens. Don't pay your insurance companies the premium for something that's very unlikely to happen because you have this thing on your finger all the time. And, of course, always make sure you take your ring to get it in cleaned and checked every six months uh, just in case you have an issue. Anyway, if you've got any questions, he always let me just wrap it up. When you're buying from someone, make sure you don't become price blind. Make sure that you buy with a laboratory report, which is a reputable laboratory report. Make sure that you also get an evaluation or appraisal with the item that is um, that is accurately reflected. And what I mean by that is that it's not inflated, so you don't pay an inflated appraisal. Excuse me, a pr- inflated premium from your jeweler. Don't buy into those situations with these funky reports, folks. It's just not good. And if you've got a friend who's doing that, turn them away. Make sure that they're aware that this kind of thing goes on. Help them not be price blind. But if they are, download the affidavit of diamond buying agreement from the website. Print it out. It's free. Give it to them. Make sure that the jeweler signs it before they make any purchase. If you've got any questions, you may phone me at 803-792-1326. This has been another Diamond Answer Man show, and I'll look forward to talking with you. You may reach me at Twitter at D-A-M-J-C-G-U-R-I-T-Z. LinkedIn is J. Christopher Guritz, and I'll look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for listening to my show. This is the Diamond Answer Man show.